Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. The iconic song, Gotta Dance, from the classical Gene Kelly movie, Singing in the Rain, certainly applies to my guest today. But for Constant Stamatiu, it's not movie musicals. It's the world-renowned Alvin Ailey Modern Dance Company. Some background. Constance began her dance training at Pat Hall's Dance Unlimited and North Carolina Dance Theater. She graduated from Northwest School of the Arts and subsequently studied at SUNY Purchase in New York, then went on to a fellowship at the Ailey School. In 2009, Constance was awarded the Lenore Annenberg Fellowship in Performing and Visual Arts. A member of Ailey II, Constance joined the company in 2007 and rejoined in 2016. She's performed at the White House Dance Series, participated in a TED Talk with the brilliant Judith Jamison, and has been a guest performer on So You Think You Can Dance, Dancing with the Stars, Logos Trailblazer Honors, Good Morning America, and The Today Show. She's also appeared on film in Shake, Rattle, and Roll and Dan Pritzer's Bolden, as well as the commercial I Love New York. And last but so not least, Constance is the mother of two. So let's meet and get to know this star. Constance, welcome and thanks so much for joining me remotely today. Ah, uh, Thank you so much for having me. So I like to do this with most of my guests. We're going to go way back in time. What was your story when you were growing up? Were you doing pirouettes in your house? <laughs> From what I've heard, I was dancing out of my crib. <laughs> uh, my mom would blast, you know, music on the record player like Janet Jackson, Paula Abdul. And I just could not stop moving. I would get lost in the grocery store aisles, you know, twirling and flipping around. And listening um, to that uh, stage music yeah, over the loudspeaker. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I was watching movies I probably shouldn't have been watching, like Dirty Dancing and <laughs> Grease, you know. So I just, I guess dance was just in my blood. Uh-huh. You know, I loved it. When did it start to get formal for you, taking lessons? Uh, by the age of five, my mom worked at this shopping mall strip. She worked for TJ Maxx. She still works there, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and there was Pat Hall's Dance Limited that was right next door. And so it was perfect. I could take class while she was working. So I was studying tap, ballet, jazz, uh, acrobats. And um, it's just something that I just grew to love. And then it became, you know, the teachers at the studio were fighting over me because they wanted me to be on their dance competition team. And uh, I think eventually my mom started getting or becoming religious and, uh, she was like, Oh, I don't know about you being in these little costumes. Yeah. It was a little too sexy for her taste. So she saw uh, North Carolina dance theater was having auditions for their nutcracker. And I remember I was playing outside, having a good time. She was like, come on, we're going to an audition. And I cried. I didn't want to go. I was like, ballet? Who likes ballet? Really? But the Nutcracker is so seminal, though. Isn't that everybody starts with that somehow? Yeah. Yeah. Uh But when I got to the audition, I had a great time. We were so unprepared. I guess my mom didn't know that I needed dance clothes. So (laughs) the director uh, at the time, he went and got me a leotard, some tights, some ballet shoes. And I auditioned and I was like one of the lead characters 
I was uh, the party girl and I was dancing with all of these principal dancers in the company. And I remember he stopped that audition and was like, who's Thompson Summertee's mother? He was like, I, I want her in my school. So he gave me a full scholarship. So that's when I started training classically okay. in ballet and my love for ballet grew. And of course, it was kind of tough for my parents to keep me uh, enrolled in dance. It was expensive for one. And time-consuming, I would time imagine. Time-consuming, yeah. My dad was trying to juggle a couple of jobs at the time because not only was I dancing, I was also doing gymnastics. And I had a partial scholarship in gymnastics. So, um, And then also, not to mention, I have three siblings. <laughs> so it was a lot. Yeah, um, I bet. And you were how old when you did this audition? Uh, I was about nine years old. Okay. Nine and they told you what to do because, like you said, yes. Know what the definition of audition was? You know what that exactly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so I had the scholarship for about uh, a year or two because shortly after that, the artistic director he passed away. So then, as I got uh, prepared for middle school, which at that time started at sixth grade, I was the first class of sixth grade, and Northwest School of the Arts um, had a great dance program. So I auditioned for that, and I figured, hey, you know. That's one bill off of my parents' hand. Let me train there. They offer all techniques as well. And so I did. I went to Northwest School of the Arts from 6th to 12th grade. It was funny. My ballet teacher at that time was like, Constance, what are you doing after high school? And I was like, I don't know. She was like, are you going to school for gymnastics or are you going to school for dance? She was like, you want to be a gymnastics coach? Or, you know, I really think you could be a professional dancer. And as soon as she put it that way, I was like, oh, no, I don't want to be a gymnastics coach. I want to, you know, that's I want to so be in not the sexy enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I want to be in the spotlight. So that's all she had to say. And I, I think that week told my coach, I was like, this is it. I need to prepare for college. So uh, my dance teacher started uh, choreographing a modern solo for me. And I started auditioning for the Fordham Ailey BFA program. Fordham University with Alvin Ailey School. And then I auditioned for SUNY Purchase. Um, I auditioned for Juilliard. And of course, my mom was like, what about schools in North Carolina? I was like, I'm not staying here, (laughs) lady. I gotta go. (laughs) You know, but I was saying that since the age of nine, I was saying I belong in New York. And um, sure enough, I got it. I got on the wait list for Fordham Ailey and I got accepted into um, SUNY Purchase and I got cut on the second round at Juilliard. So I was like, oh, Juilliard was the school that I really wanted oh, to go yeah, to. Sure. But it's mm-hmm. all right. You know, mm-hmm. there was a plan set out. I was going to say things happen for a reason. Yeah. So I went to Purchase. I met a great group of uh, friends in the dance program. The dance program was great, but it just was not for me. Because? Well, the ballet program is very strong and I had a lot of opportunities to perform. I'm grateful for that because a lot of times freshmen don't get to perform. And my, my teacher, Stephanie Tuman, who is the grand teacher, she was amazing. I love her. She is the one who introduced me to Ailey. However, there were, I will say two teachers that I guess just did not really work with me. Uh, there was this one guy I remember, you know, it was the five group of black students in the class. And, uh, you know, he, te- mm-hmm, he typically mm-hmm. teaches like 
uh, what you would call downtown style, modern, you know, where you're roaming around like a helicopter and, you know, it's easy going, it's free. And so he gave us some jumps that were typically we never would do. And so us group of black kids, we jumped really big and high. And I guess that was not what he wanted because he literally said, get that Ailey shit out of here. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, okay. That kind of is offensive. Then I had another teacher, a ballet teacher. And I understand I've worked with, you know, getting criticized a lot. That's, that's a part of the entertainment business, you know, is it, I, I work better that way. You know, I like that strict training, but he would always say, Constance, you move slow, like the South. I know you're from the South, but you just so slow. And I was like, okay, guy, like whatever. Um, so literally Stephanie Tillman, the gram teacher who I adore, she said, what are you doing this summer? And I was like, oh, I'm going to go to dance theater Parlem Cause I thought I was a, you know, a bunhead. I thought I was a ballerina. And, um, she was like, I really think you should come to the Ailey school with me. And so like that guy said, get that Ailey shit out of here. I did. I got out of there and I went to Ailey and just fell in love. I couldn't believe my eyes. Students from all over the world of all backgrounds, the amount of techniques that they were giving out, it was just out of this world. And it was like this competitiveness, but it was a healthy competitiveness. Like everyone was there to dance for their lives. And um, I called my parents and I said, hey, I, this is where I belong. I'm sorry. I don't want to go back to purchase. And they were completely okay with it. And um, sure enough, I studied at the school for two years. I also did their summer intensives. And I got to meet so many choreographers um, that were, you know, popular, huge, big in the dance world. And um, then artistic director of Ailey 2 started to whisper in my ear, hey, you know, we're really looking at you and uh, we would like for you to join Ailey 2. And that was it. And you You were how old? Uh, I was about 19, 20 at the time. And uh, then after that, I had my eyes set on Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. You know, with Ailey 2, it's like a stepping stone from being a student and then going into that professional world. Because we did. We performed all over the U.S. And then I got to perform, you know, in some Caribbean islands like um, the U.S. Virgin Islands, the British Virgin Islands. Um, I even went to Lyon, France, and I was like, what? This is life? This is, sure, you know. Sure. And then after two years, I joined Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. But I'm curious, when you were in the program with, you were saying, four other Black kids, what did you know about Ailey? Were you familiar with how iconic the company was, A, and how it's basically this incredible group of such talented black men and women I had no clue I had no clue and the funny thing is you know I grew up in the south I grew up in a uh interracial uh household my mom is black my father is greek and um I feel like my dad knew more about Ailey (laughs) than I did Uh or my mom Uh you know and then I remember one of my group of uh, friends who were in that group before, he would have so many Alvin Ailey posters in his dorm room. 
I had no idea who they were, really. I remember seeing a PBS special when I was a kid on Revelations. And that was it. That was it. That was the only thing I knew. But once I went to that school, and then I would see the company members rehearsing in the studio. And then as a student, you also, you're lucky enough to get tickets to go see them perform at City Center. And my mouth would just drop to the floor and I would be at the edge of my chair, like moving, dancing because of the energy. It was just so unreal. And I was like, that is what I want to do. I want to be like them. And it was just, it was just, they were so passionate about what they were doing. And it was so, you know, relatable. And I just knew from there, that's it. That is it. You know, being in the audience many times for early performances at New York's city center, I didn't breathe. And that's a good thing. Watching the men and women on the stage, there's nothing like you guys in the world. I agree with you 100%. We're freaking athletes on that stage. Like the women are doing just as much strenuous, tough dancing as the men. You know, I have to give a shout out to the ladies because I know this season's uh, repertory was no joke. It was high intensity. It was just, uh, it was challenging. But the women, they take it on so well and make it look so easy. I benefit from all of your hard work as I'm sitting there being transformed. And then all of a sudden, what will hit me is, I can't believe they're doing this. How do you make your body do what they're asking you to do? We call it alien magic. We do. We're all right, like, that's, you know a good, that's a good that assessment. That alien magic is going to turn on because a lot of the times, if behind the scenes, a lot of us dancers were saying the exact same thing. How, How are we going to get through do... this? Yeah, exactly. You know, especially coming from these quarantine bodies, uh, where you usually have more time to rehearse and get things together. I mean, the feeling of unpreparedness, of uh, not in shape, not having the stamina. Self-doubt, huh? It was pretty. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We... And I think what was special and what helped us through is that uh, one of the previous Ailey dancers, Karine, she specializes in yoga and meditation. So we did, we did some strength training. We did some yoga and some meditation to, you know, kind of build our, our confidence up to speak affirmations. And I think that's what really helped. There were moments, and I've never done meditation, yoga, ever before this right. mm-hmm. but there were so many times on the side of the stage this season where I was just in a corner with my eyes closed breathing and yeah. you know trying to keep my nerves calm and sure. get my energy up you know was he a tough taskmaster from what I hear I think so I think he knew what he wanted he was not there for all the rehearsals um but I would say the majority your relationship is with Robert Battle. First with Judah Jamison. And then when I came back after having my kids, it was with Robert. But I've always, you know, known Robert before uh, he was our artistic director. Judith Jamison was definitely hands-on. She gave you that mm-hmm. tough love. Mm-hmm. Um, she's probably, in a sense, I would think maybe a lot like Mr. Ailey, you know, because she trained under him. Sure, and, sure. He was know, her mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Mr. Battle is a lot more hands-off than Judith Jamison, but he also has a huge team, which, you know, they didn't, previous directors didn't have that before, where they had, 
you know, an assistant rehearsal director, a rehearsal director, an assistant artistic director, you know, so he has a team. Um, and, you know, I know he's busy with doing interviews and speeches and all kinds of stuff, um, especially with it being his 10th anniversary, uh, being the director with the company. Mm-hmm. Mr. Ailey was definitely cutthroat, but in a loving way. Right, right. Well, this is someone's passion and it, yeah. and it takes on a different level. What was that experience like for you? Did you feel that it's going to sound like a weird question. So bear with me for this. Do you feel like you really belonged? I definitely did. And then there were moments where I definitely did not. Um, Where the self-doubt crept in, you mean? Oh my gosh. Yes. So I would say when Judith Jamison was my director, I was very young. I was 20. Um, I was very, yes. I'll do that, you know, gung-ho. Sure, uh, sure. You know, I, I aim to please. <laughs> yeah, but she was also very much that director who groomed her her dancers. Like if there was one person out of line or did a step wrong, stop that tape, we're going back, you know? Very militant. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt mm-hmm. myself grow so much at that mm-hmm. time. And then, of course, uh, when she retired, she stepped down in 2010 or 2011. Um, that's when I left. And my husband and I decided to start a family. So now you got a couple of years go by. And then I start to miss Ailey. And I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking about going back. And then sure enough, I went to go visit them during their season at City Center. And Chaya, uh, who was the artistic director, he calls me maybe a couple of days later and is like, you in New York City, you're back. Uh, You know, do you want to come back to the company? And I was like, oh, I was like, I'm already ahead of you there. He's like, talk it over with your family. I said, we've already been discussing. Yeah, been there, done that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I started going back into the school, training myself, like as if I was a student taking at least two to three classes a day. My husband is a trainer. So I was training with him because this is a new company. This is, and I'm a new person. I'm not in my young twenties now. I'm, uh, I think at that time I was now 30 years old and, um, have I have two kids you know this body is not the same sure sure. the company is not the same the company is now full of younger dancers I'm now one of the older ones Mm -hmm. you know so it started to I think I came in there with a, a strong mindset and a strong body but it was hard to maintain because now after having two kids and now I'm you know in my 30s I, I feel like I smell a slice of pizza. I gained five pounds, you know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. the body just fluctuates. And how common is it for women to give birth and come back? It's not very common. And I think at least they're trying to work on making it more of a common or user friendly for, for moms. Yeah, yeah, but they still have a ways to go. I felt strong in the beginning, but then I started to feel like, uh, I don't belong here. This is a different company. I'm not being used as much. I'm not front and center, you know? And so then I started thinking, well, I'm not getting any feedback like I used to, or, um, 
I'm not getting casted for things. And then I'm rehearsing things so much, but then I'm not performing them. So it just really started to wear on my self-confidence. I started to then question if I was a good dancer. I was like, well, maybe when I stopped, should have been it. You know, maybe that Mm. was my... Mm-hmm. my time. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did, I was allowing myself to get defeated for the, I would say the next three years. And it was too much because it was getting to the point where I disliked my job. I disliked myself. Mm-hmm. I, um, it wasn't a labor of love any longer. Yeah. And so then I started to work on myself because I was like, you got to work on your confidence it's like, you're doing all the things you're training. And then what, uh, you know, and I mean, I get it, you know, I love carbs. I like, you know, to eat like any other person. And, um, even though they tell you, Oh, it's not about your weight and this and that. I also felt like, yeah, it is because it's bullshit. You know, that was like, that was yeah. a bullshit line. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, sure enough, I feel like once I started really, I guess, getting back to my pre-baby weight, right? Mm -hmm. I started to dance more or I started to get good feedback. Oh, you look great. You know, things like that. Um, but regardless with the, the, the feedback, the positive feedback, I started to train my, my, my psyche, you know, rewire my brain to not worry so much about other people's validation. Mm. It's like, I had to start validating myself. How did I feel? Because I got tired of performing and be like, Oh, that felt so good. And then they'd be like, that wasn't good. Or, Oh, that felt like crap. And then they'll be like, that was amazing. And I was just like, what is going on? Yeah. yeah, So uh I just, I had to put a stop of it, of it. I said, you know, you have always loved dance. Do not like let them take away your love of dance and perform for you, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you feel good about your performance, then that is enough. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I feel like, especially this year with us doing the meditation, that's helped me even build up even more of a strong armor. And, um, it seems like once I stopped caring about what others think, sure, sure, I was able to break free and to be able to give my all in dance without worrying about, oh, how I look or you know, how I'm making others feel, you know, it was just about me. And I think a lot of that too, just happens when you transition to becoming a mother, because you're so worried about everybody else that you forget about yourself, you know, because you have to take care of these other human beings. Right, and, of course, mm-hmm. you know, you just forget about yourself. How and common I, was that of women who left to have children and then came back again? I was more so an anomaly. There were dancers before me who had children, but they left and stayed gone. Or there was one, uh, Linda Denise Fisher-Harrell. She had two kids and she stayed dancing in the company for quite some time. I think she stayed for maybe up to 15 years. Before uh, she left, I know one of her kids was uh, ended up growing up, you know, in the studio and, you know, was a teenager by the time she retired. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did you wind up performing as often or cast as often in the different dances once you returned after the birth of your children? 
once I returned, it was very like, I felt like I was going to work to sit around, you know, Um, I wasn't casted as much. Whereas before I was, I felt always front and center, or I was, you know, second cast to the principal girl, you know, I was that person that they relied on. Whereas this time, I struggled with feeling like the sixth man on the team, where it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm called upon when people go down or when they're sick or, you know, there's, or they say no. In other words. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, it got to the point where I felt that I had to not only uh, work on myself, but I also had to start speaking up. And I did. And I felt like, you know, it caused some uncomfortableness because I'm really not that person who, uh, will speak up or want to make a confrontation. You don't want to make I don't want to be, I don't want to become a diva, you uh-huh. know? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But it was important to, you know. Well, that's not diva sure material. That that's wondering what's going on yeah. here. You know, yeah. that's not saying, how come I'm not the lead? Yeah. So I think once I did that, that took some weight off of um, my chest, but I also didn't expect anything to change. Mm. Like I've been saying before, I'm going to continue to work on myself. I am going to just dance for me. I am grateful for this job. I'm going to continue on with Mr. Ailey's legacy. It is not just about me. It is about this man's legacy that and vision that he's left behind. So I tried to let go of those attachments of wanting to be front and center, you know, I could care less about being first cast or second cast, third cast, whatever. I just want to dance. Dance. I want to, Mm -hmm. that when I am at home and we're performing at city center, I want my family, my children to see me dance. I don't want to wait till I'm on tour somewhere in Arizona or California where they're not there. And they can't see me, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. even though I am here to dance, you know, and share my my work with others. Um, but that was what my strong feelings were about. And, um, you know, and I, it got to the point where it just seemed like, oh, it's the same person dancing, the same person for this and that. And it's like, hello, what am I doing? What am I not doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but once I stopped caring, I just feel like. Um, I became a happier person and I was able to let go and dance bigger, dance stronger. And, um, I wasn't worried about the next dancer beside me. I was uh-huh. more focused on bettering my technique, bettering myself. And I think it ended up showing on its own. And so this was like the first season in a very long time where I felt I was, uh, worthy enough that I knew I was worthy enough that it was back to the good old days in a way. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, yes, I had to go in for others, but that's what we're, you know, we're hired to do as well. But it was from, it was more from a special place in my heart than like, Oh, here I go. Six man is on again. It Mm -hmm. was from a more positive place. I was like, yes, I am going to show you all what I've been working on personally. And, um, it was the greatest feeling I've felt in a very long time. So liberated, huh? Yes, yes. And I'm, I feel like I'm back in love with dance. <laughs> At what point, 
for men and women, does age become a factor? And you say, you know, I got to hang up a dance shoes. You know, with Ailey, that's hard to say because you've had dancers that were dancing in their 50s and 60s. Isn't you know? that amazing? I mean, amazing. What you, oh my God. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think it's it's when you stop, you know, I guess is when your body is just like, oh, because it's taken this beating for so long. For you know? sure. Um, mm-hmm. But... I also, I mean, yeah, look, I'm 37. I feel it in my knees and my back. (laughs) And I'm like, woo, you don't have that much longer. So get it all out while you can, right? But yeah, you start to, I think, move a little slower. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. It takes a lot longer to warm up. I feel like it takes a little bit longer for me to remember all the steps. You know, I have to constantly go over it, you know, because half the time I'm walking around and I forget where my phone is, but it's in my hand. Yeah. Hello. Oh, yeah. The mind's not the same. I call it mother's brain, but, you know. Well, in my case, it's old lady's brain. But (laughs) I'm, I'm curious as to what does it feel like to be on that stage and making those movements? I've often thought about that as I sit and I watch. Where are you in body and mind when you're on that stage? I feel like you definitely feel like you transcend to a a different universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's I feel like because this work is so relatable and so just humanistic, you can put whatever it is, emotion that you are feeling, whatever it is that you are going through in life into those dances, whether it's good or bad, you know, um, especially with like revelations, you know, you're pretty much out there at your wits end and you're in pain. You're like pleading with God or saying a prayer to whomever for help, you know, for release. And so like any kind of like tension or sorrow that I'm feeling, I can place it on there. Um, and then towards, you know, as you go throughout Revelations, you're starting to rejoice and shout and, you know, you're just different, you know? And I mean, so can I you just say pray. that it's a religious experience? Yeah, definitely, definitely. About religion and, and love and God and all of that. But yeah. it is a religious, I mean, it's a religious experience. To sit in the audience, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, it's like you're being guided through a journey of life, of what's yeah, life, you know? Yeah. And then, like, you know, you have those pieces like Blue Sweet, where, you know, you can put all your blues into the dance and just let it all out, all your rage. And um, then, of course, when you are experiencing injustices, you know, across uh, the world, you have ballets for that, you know, mm. like cry, you know, where you yeah, can put your, yeah. your burdens. Yeah. Oh man, that just, is so powerful. Oh my God. Yeah. There's something for everything and for everyone. That's how brilliant this man is. Yes. How do you feel about the politics of his work? Uh, I would say America was not ready. <laughs> you know, <'cause laughs> The company was born, you know, during the civil rights era. Right. So I feel that 
he would put it into movement, but he also would put it into words, um, his beliefs and his hopes for America, um, you know, by doing interviews, you know, because this was something America had never really seen before. And so they were so unsure what tour, if they were even going to have a tour, would be like. And then once they went on, to perform in, you know, Europe and Asia and mm-hmm, were so mm-hmm. profound and loved, mm. you know, it, it gave people hope. And I can't imagine being a dancer back in that time. And I, I think I would be so scared as to how the world would embrace me, you know, so scared you. Yeah. to be on those buses traveling through, you know, some mm-hmm. of these towns. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did. And I, I remember there was this ballet that Judy Jamison choreographed called him. And it's basically a lot of the dancers and you can hear Mr. Ailey's voice. You can hear Masazumi Chaya, the artistic director. They talk about their experiences from being in the company. And it's it's an amazing dance, very strong and powerful. But Chaya, he spoke of an incident when they were in Florida. They were getting threats written to them that if they performed you know, whatever ballet, this someone's going to come in there and shoot them up, basically. Because why? Because why? But I guess because it was too forward. It was too, you know, too inclusive, too much kumbaya. Oh, okay. (laughs) But yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Mm -hmm. they didn't want that. So I, I can't imagine. But he said that the dancers, you know, some were scared and some were like, no, let's do it. But overall, in the end, they came together and they performed on that stage and they were all safe. They were all fine. But I, I don't know what I would have done, mm-hmm. you know, in that position. Mm-hmm. I can't sure. imagine. Can't imagine. Did you go on tour with the company back in the day? Oh, yes. I, I think my first tour was probably the most amazing tour. We went to a couple of places in China, oh, even wow. though a lot of us got sick in China. I thought I was going to die at one point, <laughs> but I, I got to see the great wall of China, you know, and uh-huh. uh, we even went to Hong Kong, Shanghai. Uh, I went to Tel Aviv, Israel, and we stayed on a hotel on the beach. It was amazing. Cause I, I'm a beach bum. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then I remember going there and who knew, Aviv is like, I think one of the greatest spots to go salsa dancing. (laughs) And uh, we went to Greece, which was really awesome because uh, my dad flew up. Um, I think at that time he hadn't seen his mom and oh my gosh, who's who are still living in Greece? Oh my gosh, how personal that must have been! Oh my god, yes, and hands down, that first trip we've been back since then, uh, numerous times. But that first trip was the only time that we performed at the Herodias Atticus Theater. So whenever someone asks me, where's the most memorable place you've ever performed? That is the spot because we were literally, the first day we got rained out, I was very upset. So we got canceled. The second day it tried to rain, but they had their umbrellas out and they were stomping and shouting and um, it stopped. So the performance was delayed. But I remember getting out there for revelations and, you know, we stand with our legs wide and our hands dropped down and our heads looking up to the sky, like towards heaven. Right. And all you see is these stars and the Acropolis lit up above Holy you. Holy cow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Out of this world. Oh, out I of bet. this world. 
Most and that beautiful. took on a different meaning for you because of yeah. who, you know, of who your father is and who your other your relatives are. Yeah. Wow. And to be able to dance in front of them. Oh and my God! How that huge. ancient history. Oh. Sure. Oh my God. I can't imagine what all of this must be like. It must have been like. You know, I want to switch gears for just a second because I said in the introduction that you've done other non-Ailey things. Talk about that. How did um, how did all of that come about? The TED Talk with Judith Jamison makes perfect <laughs> sense. I mean, that's not unusual. What the hell are you doing at the White House? That was when the Obamas were in the office. Of course. Of, uh, no Michelle surprise. started a like a dance series. She wanted to bring dance and have, I, uh, I guess youth like underprivileged youth to be able to experience, uh, sure, like a performance. Sure. So it was all kinds of companies like Ailey, Washington ballet, New York city ballet. And, um, we performed and I think the kids even got to do like a participate in like a lecture demonstration. So that was really fun. And I remember we even Harper's Bazaar was there. So we got to do a little photo shoot with Michelle Obama. Um, (laughs) And the funny thing is, is uh, shortly after that, me and a few other dancers were invited back to uh, the White House for the Super Bowl. J-Lo was there. And at that time, she was with Mark Anthony and they were there at one table. And the Obamas recognized us. They were like, Hey, welcome back. We shook a hand, got a picture together. Of course, oh, I, I mean, you obviously left an impression. I'm not surprised that they recognized you. Yeah, guys. it was just, it was just, it was heartwarming. And then you I see bet. their dogs roaming around. <laughs> they were just so cool and laid back. It was like the best experience ever. I've always loved dance, but I've always just loved entertaining. And I have a special place too for acting. Like I've never really taken uh, taken acting classes, but dance is acting. So no like kidding. a lot of Mr. No Ailey's work, like um, Blue Sweet, uh, that's when I get to really put on my acting chops. And I, um, I do Backwater Blues, where it's like this couple who are, they're, you know, constantly fighting and they're in this love-hate relationship. And he comes home late when he's supposed to take her out and she's all dressed up to the tee with the jewels and the the fancy boas and all that um so I always you know I try to stay busy you know we do have some off time at Ailey it's very rare but you know because of the pandemic it has created a lot more off of course of course so I went out I got myself an agent and I started you know just trying to book gigs here and there even when I was younger my dad would also take me to auditions for like dance extras and so that's when I did shake, roll, and roll, which is really fun because I got to wear like a cool little skirt with the, the <laughs> blouse and the, you know, the sweaters and the cool, cute ponytails. And I got to, you know, do like the jitterbug and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And um, ever since then, it's just something that I continue to want to do. So once right after having my second child, my son, um, Dan Pritzker was having auditions for dancers for Bolden. And so I was in North Carolina at the time at my parents and I drove to Atlanta. I auditioned and I, you know, got the part. So we filmed a lot of it in Atlanta, a lot of it in North Carolina. You know, it's a great paycheck. I'll give them that. But dancing for like 
seconds to a minute is just not as fulfilling oh, I as bet. being on sure. stage. Of course. You know? Of course. So that's that's also when the hunger for wanting to go back to Ailey started around that time. My kids, they're both into it. My daughter loves acting. Um, my son, he's more of the the supermodel, you know. Mm-hmm. He tells everyone, I, I model for Nike, I model for Zara. And, um, my daughter, I always say the kids really, they're the ones that book me the jobs, to be honest. <laughs> um, we did a, a Maui commercial, which is like Maui salmon. And it actually is the best salmon I've ever tasted in the world. Um, and that was the first time I've ever seen my son eat vegetables, which was on that <laughs> set. My daughter and son uh, and I booked Target. So if you walk into Target, you'll see a big old picture of me and my daughter everywhere. And that was fun. It was like matching holiday sets and um, just trying to stay busy. And- well, you're also in a way reinventing yourself. You're leaving a legacy in terms of your own personal life, which is really pretty damn cool. Yeah. And whether they follow in your footsteps on any level, the fact that they've been exposed to all of this is just massive. I I wonder if you just look back in your life and wonder, even though there were some rough periods and tough times, if you died and went to heaven in terms of your career. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't change any of the experiences for the world because they're also lessons. Um, I think I needed to go through those things to build up my strength and to become me. Sometimes I would have a lot of guilt about going back, you know, because I'm missing out on a lot here Mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But also I know that I'm giving my kids a rare experience, you know, when they do get to come visit or if I am home, they're in the studio or backstage. Well, this was pre-COVID. But I know they've learned a lot because they get to see what happens beyond just the stage where we're performing. They get to see the crew working. They get Mm. to see the wardrobe working. My son, when he goes there, I mean, after they terrorize the dancers for a bit, he (laughs) loves to help out in the costume shop. You know, he goes with the wardrobe um, with JT and all of them and he'll help hang costumes on there. Uh, whatever they need. How old is he? He is now eight, but he's been doing that since he was like four and five. Isn't that crazy? That is wild. Mm -hmm. And they both, you know, they both love dancing. I think my daughter, like she's older now. She's about to be 10. She's like, I do it more for you, mom. It's not really her thing. (laughs) She just, she just wants to do acting class and swimming and Taekwondo. That's about it. My son, he misses going to the Ailey school to dance because right now for his level, they don't have any classes because of COVID. So he keeps asking me, when are, when are they going to start back? Mm. But he's the dancer. He's wow. Uh, so yeah. the legacy will live on, huh? Yeah. I the Constance so. legacy will live on. That's yeah. pretty cool, man. I think so. Is there anything that you want to do that you haven't done? Um, well, for one, I definitely want to star in a movie or a TV show. Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, I've been thinking a lot about bringing more dance to Greece. I mean, there's dance there, but I would like to maybe start my own program there, maybe for like the summers to start. Um, 
where they can have more versatile training, you know, bring in more Horton classes, more Graham, um, ballet. And, um, you know, it'd be great to be able to bring others with me, you know, to pass along what they've learned throughout their careers. And um, who knows? You know, I have a couple of friends that are doing similar things um, in other places, but yeah, I think that's my my next project. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, here's the the deal: when that comes to fruition, you're going to come back and talk about that project. Absolutely. Well, Constance, this has been nothing short of fascinating to get it firsthand from somebody and to just be in that audience. It's just brilliant and it's moving and it's emotional and it's so important. Hopefully 2022 will give us a break. And when it comes to live performances, God knows we all deserve it. Yes. I can't thank you enough for being so open and honest. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Sandy. The pleasure's all mine. I really appreciate it. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein.